This is Christine Brown, and while I have to listen to this podcast as my motherly duty, you have the choice not to. My sons sometimes say some naughty things when they're trying to be funny, but really, they're just being stupid. If you still want to listen? Go right ahead. I am not your mother. Welcome back to the Patriots Dynasty Podcast, the only podcast where we're going back and re-watching every game of the Patriots Dynasty era. Um, this week we're going to do something a little bit different because uh, it's been a while and we need to get back into the game. And there's also been some uh, stuff in the news about our Lord and Savior, William Belichick. So uh, this week there's been, uh, I don't want to say some controversy, but some per- perhaps disagreements uh, off of the air. So we thought we would do a bit of uh, an episode where we kind of voice those disagreements in a courtroom setting. So we have with us the Honorable Tim the Intern presiding. Tim, how are you? Uh, that is uh, Judge Tim, but how are we doing? Judge Tim. <laughs> okay. Tim the Judge yes. instead of Tim the Intern. Tim Great. the inter- Judge. The Interim Judge. Good Lord. Pick something. <laughs> uh, honorable, uh, just call him Sir, Andy, okay? I called him just the Honorable. Goddamn respect in this courtroom. I, I, I called him the Honorable. That's what I started with. Uh, and also for the uh, prosecution, we have uh, the dishonorable Greg Brown. And I'm probably one of those, eventually Steve. Who knows? Order, like one of those high paid LA lawyers that's coming in, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you look just like that. Ready to cause a ruckus. Yeah. All right. You're slimy. You're driving your two-seater sports car, the top down. That's right. Yeah, that's how you got here. All right. Awesome. So uh, you are going to be presenting your case against Bill Belichick and what? Why? Well, you you lay it out. What's your your case here? Well, let's back up a stack, Pierre. Hmm. Can we acknowledge that the dynasty's over? I think we already did. Okay. Like when Brady Can we left. acknowledge the season's over? Because that's no. an, infer- an important first step here. Uh, I don't I think mean, you, you can acknowledge that. I mean, it is that current- is- it's currently the 5th of October. Correct. We're going into week five. The Patriots are one and three. They just got their shit pushed in by the Cowboys. Yep. Mac Jones looks like not the answer. Probably won't get a second contract with this team. The offensive weapons are a mess. The defense looks good, but now there's no Christian Gonzalez, no Matthew Judon. Mm-hmm. God knows what that unit's going to look like after this. So it's probably a wrap on the year as far as making the playoffs, I would expect. Awesome. Agreed? Yeah. I mean, they did just sign JC Jackson, so. Yeah, that was sweet. Yeah. So who knows? They're just bringing it all back. Tim, thoughts? You think it's over? Um, I think it's already been over, but as a judge, I have to be impartial right now. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right. So 10 and six, they get in the wild card. You heard it here first. Okay. They're going to jail. The offense is going to figure it out. Once the offensive line gets healthy. I do want to know. It's going to keep doing their defense. I do want to know what, uh, so we already have three losses. What are those other three losses? I don't know. I'm not looking at the schedule. Yeah. Uh, probably the Bills at least once, maybe twice. You think we beat the Bills? Oh, well, you think we lose to the Bills twice? Yeah. Possibly. 
It's not really good for the division. That's all right. But it's a wild card. Doesn't matter. All right. So yeah. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna formulate my my prosecution here mm-hmm. on the fly because I was told that we're doing a courtroom thing about ten minutes ago. Yeah, well, that's where, that's when we all decided this was happening. So this looks a bit disjointed. Yeah, the reason so what, is so the, this is to see uh, we're going to be deciding if Bill Belichick is a fraud today. I'm going to be the judge on that, and Greg is going to present his case for Bill Belichick being a fraud, and Andy is going to present, will be the defendant for Bill Belichick as not a fraud. Correct. Okay, so my first my first point here, right, the first charge against Belichick is the obvious one. If you look at him without Tom Brady, it's bad. The numbers are bad. There's no way around it. He's a bad NFL coach without Tom Brady. You want to know where he stands behind some coaches that are ahead of him, win percentage-wise, if you take out the Brady years? Let's see. Mike McCarthy, Brandon Staley, Kyle Shanahan, Ron Rivera. Belichick is 80 and 90. He's a below 500 coach without Tom Brady. I'm going to take down some notes. I'm probably going to need that. Before. All right. So you want some rebuttal to that? Uh, so uh, what's his name? The um, quarterback for the Ravens who won the Super Bowl. Harbaugh? The quarterback for the Ravens who won the Super Bowl. Oh, Go yeah. Forward. Has a better um, quarterback rating in the playoffs than Tom Brady. So therefore, he's better because his numbers are better. Because we're taking out all context to those numbers, right? So, but if you do the same with with Bill Belichick, you can you can uh, take out all context of those numbers. Then, yeah, sure, absolutely, they look really bad. But he took an absolutely garbage Cleveland team, turned them around, made the playoffs, had their only playoff win since uh, for like what almost twenty years until just recently. The the last uh, Cleveland Browns coach to win a playoff game was Bill Belichick, uh, and who did he beat? Bill Parcells and the Patriots. In that playoff game, they went eleven to five. The next year, um, the ownership promised him that they weren't moving the team out of uh, Cleveland, and they did anyway, uh, which tanked the whole season. And then they said they were going to keep Bill Belichick, and they didn't. And so uh, they fired him anyway, even though they told them to keep him. That team turned to the Ravens, uh, who drafted Ray Lewis that next year, uh, which was uh, Belichick decision or that's what he was going to do with the browns was draft ray lewis with that team uh and then they went on to win another super bowl right so is that belichick doing uh belichick built that team yeah and then you can not look impressed (laughs) and then he came to new england and did the same thing look at pete carroll's record when he took over for um for uh bill uh bill barcells right he took a a Super Bowl team and lost more games every year until uh, he was fired. Left the team with an absolutely garbage roster. Well, not a garbage roster, but an absolute garbage fire of a uh, salary cap situation to the point where in 2000, Belichick took over. They didn't have enough players to fill the, they didn't have enough money to fill the entire roster. So they finished the season uh, rostering less than 54 players because they couldn't afford it. Hmm. So, from there, Belichick turned that team around too. 
and was starting. And then, you know, the Brady thing, obviously, and all that happens. It actually happened quicker than he expected it to, but they were turning around anyway. Sorry to interject here. Um, Point of contention, point of motion, Belichick turned that team around? Yes. Before Brady? Yes. Uh, What was the record in 2000? 5 and 11. How many players did they have rostered? I rest my case. (laughs) So his first year with the team, after taking over that entire thing, he uh, still managed to... And and I think they started off like... uh, They they won like four of the last five games, too. So they had turned it around at the end of the season because they had to basically rip out Pete Carroll's awful... uh, Everything. They had to get rid of all the, the... guys who are coasting and they had to change the whole dynamic of like the locker room and all that stuff it takes a season. In fact, Belichick's been on record to say it takes three season, three years to uh, kind of install your team. So he did it in two. And then I mean, his logic that it is good, but I mean, and also um, it's not like Brady was necessarily the reason in 2001 that they won all those games. There was a plenty of games where Belichick's decisions and Belichick's defense won those games. We 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 watched them. We went through the whole thing. 2001 was oh, 2001 to 2004 were mainly the defense. The defense was the driving force. We've said it before. It was the driving force of that uh, early dynasty. Yeah, Brady was good, and he you know did Brady things. But he wasn't the Brady of like 2007 onwards, was he? So how do you explain Tom Brady going to the Tampa Bay and winning a Super Bowl when he looked like he was cooked in New England? Uh, that last year in New England. The last year in New England was unfortunate because of the masses of injuries to the offensive line. You're starting Marshall Newhouse at left tackle, who you pulled off of the street, literally off of the yeah, street. You're the GM, right? You got to have to account for those types of things. You can only account for so much. I mean, he did. He had played, but like the starters got injured and then the backups got injured. What are you going to do? Like, what else can you do? So what about since then? Since then, he's rebuilding. He lost to the best quarterback in the history of the NFL. That's what we're calling So, all right, think about it. The, The first year. Is the rebuilding working? I think it's still too early to tell because the first year was the COVID year. You you lost Brady like late, so you had to scramble to f- to pick a new quarterback, and it was Cam Newton, because, probably because of Belichick. Well, now that's just conjecture. Mm. You got proof of that? This is this is a court of law, Greg. You can't just be throwing out willy nilly things. All right, fine. We need facts. All right, fine. I don't want to be an impartial judge. I want to be a biased. <laughs> Yeah, I know you fucking idiot. <laughs> they didn't so for, offer first year. They were actually doing well with Cam Newton, all things considered, until the Kansas City game where everybody got COVID and they still the NFL still made them play. All right, and then I think from there Cam Newton got COVID, or maybe he was the one that got it originally. I don't remember. Um, but whatever happened, he Cam Newton missed a bunch of. Uh, weeks and the way that the page offense is built is that you kind of build on the last week and you keep building week by week until you know as you would see with normal Patriots teams with Brady by the end of the year they're better than they were at the beginning like the first four weeks are always like extended preseason right that's the joke with the Patriots 
So, so the so the previous Patriots teams, the dynasty teams with Brady, mm-hmm. they didn't face any of these injury problems, these important players getting hurt or sick sure or they whatever. Did. So why so why didn't they fall apart like the Cam Newton year? Uh, because we didn't have COVID to deal with, and <laughs> the injuries. Fine, let's call it injuries. Players that can't play, whether it's COVID or injuries or whatever. But I, I think the COVID thing is uh more on top of that. Like they 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 had a they had to play a game where they didn't actually practice all week. Right? Against was it the not the Raiders? Practice. We're talking about practice. Yeah. Overruled. That doesn't even fit. <laughs> I'm throwing it out. Yeah. Well, like, I think the COVID year was just a garbage year, just generally, like for the whole NFL, not even just the Patriots. Um, Brady got to handpick his team. Um, halfway through that season, they the Bucks scrapped whatever they were trying to do and just said, "Brady, like run your own offense, right?" Yeah, and so he did. So he was able to do whatever he was comfortable with with a team that wasn't rebuilding because the Pages had gone all in the past few years, drafting you know Sony Michels and Nikhil Harrys at the top of the draft, which is not something they normally do to to kind of like take advantage of that last window of Tom Brady before he left or before he retired or whatever it was he was going to do. And so they had to pay the piper, and Brady decided, looked at both teams and said, I have a better chance to go with Tampa Bay because they have all the pieces except a quarterback, and the Patriots need to rebuild, and he didn't want to be here for the rebuild. That's how it looked from the outside. To me, it looks from the outside is that he said, this team isn't giving me the weapons. I'm going to go to a team that lets me get weapons and lets me play the way I know that works and win Super Bowls, and then he does. And it's proved correct. That's how I perceive that. So so what what would you rather have had the Patriots do to get him let, weapons? Let let him draft a, a wide receiver in the first him. round. I who whose decision was that? Whose decision was what? Drafting Nikhil Harry. That's the problem Belichick. with the Belichick thing, is if he has his hands over everything, then when it goes wrong, it's his fault. You can't say that like him signing players that are busts or like, ah, it's just whatever the GM, you know, player operations or he, in the draft can't be like, Hey, someone overrode him. He's in charge. He's the final decision. He's made that organization that way. Yep. So when it doesn't work, it's his fault. Yeah, I mean, but again, Nikhil Harry not contributing from day one was because of injuries again, right? He got hurt in preseason and didn't start until, the Chiefs game. I think Nikhil Harry, we can all agree, is not the player, regardless of injuries, that AJ Brown and uh whoever that guy that was drafted ahead of him is as well. Debo Samuel. All right. I think it was in that draft too. Who? Okay, Metcalf. Yeah. Uh yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean but at, at the time it was a consensus pick. Like nobody was like ragging on the page for draft Nikhil Harry. It was a it was seen as a, a safe, solid pick. So, I mean, what are you going right. to do? I mean, a lot of picks are seen that way, right? And what separates the good drafters from the bad ones are, are they right in the long term? And if you look yeah. back, like everybody is about as right as everybody else. Like you can say that the Steelers have great drafts, but if you look at the recent ones, eh, not so much. Same with the Ravens. Like, yeah, they hit on some of them, but they hit as much as anybody else does. Yeah, the I don't Patriots really just have hit. a problem with, with Belichick's draft strategy. I just okay. think it worked because you had Tom Brady. And Tom Brady. But you're Brady, telling me it worked even the though best quarterback it didn't work be, even though they had Tom Brady in 2019. You're saying they didn't get him weapons in 2019. 
Yeah, I think the organization was bad enough that they should have given him more power, Brady, to do shit like that. Do shit like what? To be involved in recruiting and and which players to sign the same Aaron Rodgers shit, right? That we saw. But isn't that he gets what his guys in there and, and the people he's comfortable with rather than rolling out these rookies and these these schlubs, these bargain discount guys, and then we're under the cap every year and they don't work out. So what what would you say uh Antonio Brown was? A Belichick decision? I think that was the kind of thing they should have been doing more of, Antonio Brown. Right, because that worked really well. Hey, it didn't work out, but you know what? It worked out in Tim Bay. Until it didn't. He won him a Super Bowl. <laughs> Until it didn't. He played in the Super Bowl, caught a touchdown. Yeah. And then what happened? He took all his then, clothes off in the middle of a game and, and danced off the field. And then they, they almost made That's the not Super what we're arguing here. That's not what we're arguing. <laughs> That's true. But my point is that Belichick did put together the weapons. Like, I mean, what, what was the starting line of week one of 2019 for wide receivers? Tim, can you look that up? In fact, I sure are. And then when, you know, they started losing guys, um, I can't remember who else they lost. There was another wide receiver on there too, because if you look at that lineup, it was stacked. They went out and traded for Mohamed Sanu, traded a second rounder for him. Why? Because uh, according to reports, that's what Brady wanted. He wanted a Mohamed Sanu. Wow, we're talking about facts here, Andy. That sounds like conjecture. That was reported. I can get you a link if you want, Greg. Yeah, well, is it conjecture or is it a fact? All right, let's step back and look at the facts here, right? Mm -hmm. Belichick's had a long career, a lot of success. Yep. But really, the only success has been with with Tom Brady, right? You were kind of spinning, hey, is the Browns thing a success because they made the playoffs that one year? I think we can all agree the post-Brady Patriots are not a success, right? How about 2008? They've gotten worse every year since then. 2008... I mean, that team is fucking that team, right? You could say that they, it's an eight, eight game swing from uh, Brady down to his backup. Okay. So an eight games, well, five game swing. They went 11 and five instead of 16 and 0, right? Yeah. And then count the playoffs. Well, that's literally the only team to ever win 11 games and not make the playoffs. I mean, that's kind of like, after know. being that, the I best feel, team, feel like, you went from like being the best the team, best team the NFL has ever seen to a non-playoff team. Yeah, those again, that's those are facts. Those they are, are facts, but they're they're twisted. If you want, Tim, you want to talk about twisting the the facts? Okay, here's some more. Here's some more. Show facts. me another team that that went eleven and five and didn't make the playoffs. That's a that's a playoff caliber team, and they, right, they so, that team also. We were there, Greg, if you remember. They beat the pants off of the Arizona Cardinals, who eventually went to the Super Bowl. And they they, yeah, they smoked they, like Patriots forty to seven. To the Super Bowl, huh? The Patriots didn't go to the Super Bowl. You're right. But also, show me another head coach who can put together a, a roster where your star, uh, former MVP quarterback goes down quarter one, week one, and still wins eleven games. I mean, Geno Smith basically won eight games for uh, Pete Carroll last year, and like he's, hold, he's the guy they games? pulled up off the street. He's a, he's a backup quarterback. Yeah, uh, and who did they lose? Like, who who was starting week one there that they lost? I mean, it doesn't matter. You throw in a backup, you throw in a backup, right? But they went into the season with that as as the the plan. Also, let's. I mean, all right, let's back up. 
All right, let's talk about numbers here. Hold up, hold up. What is Steve doing? Where is he at the bar? I guess we're taking an intermission, Steve. What are you doing? Oh, good lord. I'm on mute, Steve, until he figures the fuck. Yeah, probably a good idea. That's actually hurting my. All right, resume. Because you were saying, Greg, we're going back to your. Oh, there he is. Oh, it's Steve. Look back, not push back. Unmute me, Andy. Come on. I'm not allowed to unmute. I can just ask you to unmute. I just have the power to mute you, not to unmute you. All right. So, uh, Steve, what we, uh, Greg is taking the stance of uh, Belichick's a fraud and I'm assuming that you will join his counsel and uh, Andy is clearly defending Belichick not being a fraud. Uh, so Greg was just about to go off. He's also, is he frozen? He sure looks frozen. He looks frozen. frozen. Okay. And there he goes. There he goes. Good. Thank God he's gone. So now as the rational and cooler brother, I will step in here and settle this case. <clears throat> that should be good. Mm, let me uh, whoosh, whoosh, get my notes ready. Right. <laughs> you know, as the rational brother, I see both sides and I can split the difference here. That should be good. I think that the problem with Mr. Belichick is that he's doing too much. Okay. As both coach and GM, what other person in sports, not even just NFL, has both coach and GM responsibilities? And I get the Bill, the Bill Parcells shopping for the groceries, blah, blah, blah. But my God, it's going to be a fucking, I mean, each of those is a full-time job that they pay millions and millions and millions of dollars for. They just kind of making out having one guy serve both, but. You don't At think Belichick's point, making enough to cover both? Well, even if he is, like, is he stretching too thin? Is is the game passing him by? And then the real question is, would you rather have Bill Belichick the GM or Bill Belichick the coach? I mean, the coach. I mean, do- honestly, if we're going go that way, you want Bill Belichick the defensive coordinator, right? Sure. I mean, I, I, I am in that as well. And then bring in like Andy Reid as the offensive coordinator and don't have a head coach. Like, fuck it. I think the, the logical path here, because you can't take the coach from him because he's got to have the wins record, right? Mm-hmm. He ain't going nowhere without that thing. Right, was he 29 games behind, something like that? Sure, whatever it is. I mean... The people who were asking for Bill Belichick to be fired are fucking idiots, mm-hmm. uh, Greg included. I'm assuming he said that since I just joined way late. But I don't think he specifically said it, but he's been leaning hard that way, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's been hitting around the bush, and I'm sure EEI and the talk radio people are saying the same fucking thing. Undoubtedly. Which, to be fair, they were saying the same thing after that Kansas City loss. So yep. here we are. It's many, many and years after later, but... um, the 31-0 opening season loss in uh, 2003 so sure a common refrain there's been, there's been a there's been a fair many but the, these are some of the moments that are few and far between and those ones whatever but i think that there is something to be said for bb and the twilight years giving up the gm side because even if 
think about it from this perspective at some point, you know, you're not going to be here too much longer, right? Mm-hmm. 30 games longer, 30 wins longer from here. You're not going to just plug somebody into that role. You're going to plug two people into that role, right? You're going to have to hire a coach and a GM when Belichick leaves. In theory. So why not hire a GM now to get up to that speed? And then when Belichick leaves, we hire Mike Rabel. Uh, I think Gerard Mayo is the uh, no Mike Rabel. Rabel is my number one. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Uh, well, I think usually the I don't know if it's like the GM picks the coach or the other way around, uh, but I think it's usually there's some sort of um like deal between the two of them that they're going to work together. I don't know if the matter. owner gets to pick both of them. Pick both, but like this is my point of like I don't know. I think. You can say that he's lost it or he hasn't adapted to the times and whatever. And and that's a fair criticism. Is it? it I think I, on some levels it is, right? And uh, Greg was texting me the other day about how Mac Jones has no escapability. And he's not wrong. And there's that fumble that he had or that terrible across-the-body throw across the field pick six that he had were both sort of symptoms of his inescapability. Mm-hmm. And part of that is tied to this. That's that was maybe there's a hand, hand there doubt in the draft, whatever. And we got a good quarterback for the 15th pick, blah, blah, blah. But if Belichick was solely focused on coaching up the players, he was dealt. I think he could be better as opposed to spreading himself over the entire continuum of everything of, of finding, evaluating, selecting, scouting the other teams in the NFL, finding all those players, bringing them in and then coaching them up. And I think that's probably where he got caught a little bit with his pants down last year, where he's like, I'll trust, you know, fucking Patricia and Joe judge to run the offense. And oop, that didn't work. You know, if Belichick solely focused his efforts on coaching only, would the Patriots be better? I think that's a more reasonable take than Greg's fire the guy. Um, <laughs> well, I'm glad I missed all of Greg's takes. So. Well, we set it up as a courtroom. I had to prosecute. I can't just be like middleman there. <laughs> uh, coming in, it felt like you didn't want to be the middleman anyway, Greg. Well, I don't think he's doing a good job since Brady left. I mean, I, I, the case for... Was he a good coach when Brady is here? I mean, I think it's obvious, yes. Yeah. Has he been I, a good coach since then? I don't think so. You don't think he's been a good coach or a good personnel guy? Or how do you – because I Both. see them as two very distinct roles. And on some levels, he's been good. and some levels, he's been good. I think both. Well, let's hear it, Greg. How do you think he's not been a good coach? What's the plan, personnel-wise? Well, that's a GM thing. What's the Patriots' identity? It isn't a GM thing because he's the GM. Well, that's my point of he's he's not doing a great job doing both. And he's the only person in sports that does both. Give me another coach slash GM in any of the major four sports. Exactly. And and he's not doing a particularly good job at either, right? Right. So, um, and my point is like, He's going to be gone here at some point. So let's, if you're going to give, take one thing away from the guy, it might as well be GM. 
Because he's a, he, he is the best coach in the NFL. You still think that right now? No. Do I think that? Yeah. No. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan is the best coach in the NFL. Well, it's Andy Reid. Andy Reid's also got a case for best coach in the NFL. No. And a lot of these guys have done it with like multiple quarterbacks too, right? Andy Reid did it with what? Three separate quarterbacks. Had them as like perennial contenders. He did McNabb. He did it with Alex Smith. Even Alex Smith. That guy sucks. And now he he's doing it with Alex Smith. Get out of here with that. They were well, making brought- playoffs with Alex Smith. And I mean, he hadn't. Uh, he's going to playoffs is the, that's the bar? Right. Well, no, he went to three different quarterbacks. Go check in the playoffs with Tom with uh, Mac Jones. Having right. winning seasons. He's had, he's had 10 seasons without Brady, and seven of them are losing seasons. Okay. Like, and how many of those are title. starting like a rebuilding a, a program though? That's what oh. we've been talking about. Well, why do you like have you to want to start winning from day one? Why do you have to rebuild if you have a dynasty team? Who was the Browns quarterback when they rebuilt with when they beat the Patriots and the quarterbacks? Fucking Bernie Kosar or some shit. Bernie Testaverde. They fired Bernie Kosar, yeah. Right. Pete Carroll's rebuilding. He's doing fine. Geno Smith. He? Yeah. <laughs> Smith. They didn't skip a beat. Right, because you know after that last Super Bowl they won back in when was it? Twenty thirteen. Hey, it doesn't matter if you're talking about transitioning from one quarterback era to another. He's doing a bad job, no matter how you're you like, P. Carroll and he's had um, one try it. I mean, so it, the thing is, like, if you don't pick the right quarterback, yeah, who is he going to pick in that draft? Otherwise, I don't know. Like, pick up Geno Smith from free agency. It's working in Seattle. You know what I'm saying? Brock Purdy. He was available. He's doing just fine in San Francisco. On the same team that that traded, what, three first-round picks for... uh... Exactly. Exactly. They can make mistakes in San Francisco, and they can still look like the best team in the NFL. Because they're good. They're doing good business, which is what we always thought Belichick was, is like, even if every these picks don't hit all the time, he's gonna find the guy in the back of the draft. They're gonna like fit into the culture, the Patriot way, and they're gonna be a good football team that's above five hundred and always in the contention, right? That's what we thought, but I don't think that's what we're looking at. We're looking at like a poorly coached, sloppy team that really misses on important picks, and if you miss on them, they don't have any like foundation to be like, okay, we're still gonna be good even if we miss this pick. I'm on Greg's team to a point where I think there's a lot of sports radio talk about Bill Belichick, the um, GM, fucking Bill Belichick, the coach. And, like, that's a line that I can sort of get behind of, like, I think Bill Belichick, the GM, has struggled to adapt to the changes in the NFL. And he's maybe tried to zig too much when they've zagged, right? Like he's, it seems like he's leaned way into the defense and run game during this NFL of the last five years of throw the ball over the yard, right? And they're bigger and slower and they've tried to get to that a little bit on the defensive side, but the offensive side is not caught up. And I would love to see, because it has to happen at some point is my point of like, when Belichick retires, if he if we fire Belichick right now, we're not looking for a coach. We're looking for a coach and a general manager. 
you can't do that. You, you no, but give me a time where they just fire a coach and a GM at the same time, and like those teams are just they're the Chicago Bears, you know. But it worked Dallas for Panthers. many years, right? It worked for many years. I mean, you talk about the maybe sure. this is McDaniel's too of like where they're missing McDaniel's. I think that's a thing we're not really talking about much, but. You talk about the the two tight end sets that they rolled out. That was like there was no one else in the NFL doing that. And they drafted the personnel and they rolled out the sets and it was it worked great, right? And then that year they did the fast offense, right? That they were snapping it in under like 20 seconds every time, right? Mm -hmm. That worked amazing. And it was always like, okay, they're ahead of the curve. They're ahead of the curve. But that doesn't seem it seems like they're behind the curve now. And it's like, why? So hold on, because Andy, Andy because I, I Mac wanna... Jones isn't who they hope he would be. Yeah, and you can, also... you can argue that like you know they should have drafted a different quarterback that year, right? But I think they went in with the plan of giving him however many years, whatever. What about Cam years. Newton, did they? Is he what they thought they would be? He uh, was, he was the exactly best quarterback available when Brady left. Yeah, he was exactly what they thought he was going to be. Yeah, probably. And he was actually doing okay in the first few weeks until he missed a few games and then couldn't keep up with the offensive game planning and whatever. You know what sticks out to me is the last year when they tried to transition to the zone run game in right. the beginning of the year in training camp, and it was just fucking miserable, yeah. right? It was like a half-hearted, a half-ass attempt to, like, adjust to what the new running game and like we watched that game against the dolphins and they fucking gashed us on that it was the those the zone run game cutback where there's just nobody home and they just took it to the house i don't know i don't know what the answer is but from my perspective you you can't just give belichick the boot that's, i, mean, I think we all know that belichick is a defensive-minded coach right sure i mean belichick is the coach and you hire a Different offensive coordinator who's, you know, Bill Belichick or B.O.B., but you can change the entire culture, right? You hire a combo GM OC that want to come together and make the Patriots different. I say bring back McDaniels. He's going to get fired soon. Yes. <laughs> and he's he not a head coach. That, doesn't solve that problem of the, the Patriots are playing the – football from the games we've been watching, right? He, but Matt looked good that different. rookie year, right? Under right. McDaniels. Yeah. He did. But he also looked like they, they asked him to do literally nothing that first year, right? Like they told him, I remember the Jets game where they, like he had chances to take shots on the field and he just would not do it no matter what. Like they did like the the throwback pass to him and he was had like 10 seconds and like still just dumped it off to the the short guy and whatnot so i think because of that they've kind of you know they tried to draft bailey zappy uh, the year after in 2022 um obviously that didn't work out but whatever he was fourth round pick but they've also like think alluded to what steve's alluding to is they've tried to be that run game as well um with um Stevenson and uh, who was it before? Um, who's the guy that went to the? the Damian Harris. Yeah, thank you, Damian Harris. The two of them, and I think that kind of actually worked in Mac Jones's first year, right? 
you have this rookie guy, and so you surround him with whatever you can. You build a dominant defense because that's what Belichick is good at, right? I mean, he's got freaking game plans in the Hall of Fame for it. He shut down some of the best offenses in history in Super Bowls with his defensive game plan. So, and he's doing it again. I think all these people talking about how the league has passed him by. If you look at his defense and how he's now using, what, three, sometimes four safeties on the field now because of how light things are. And he's specifically gone out and drafted these guys. Um, you know, like the, uh, Kyle Duggar drafted him, like, with their first pick from, like, some no-name school. And now he's kind of running that defense, right? And he and they have a bunch of guys like that. They brought in Jalen Mills, who's that kind of tweener safety linebacker guy who can come up in the box and and still stop the run. And they have this really dynamic defense that is giving you know a Dolphins team fits that just put up seventy points on the the Broncos. Right, but the point of the league is pass you by is that you have a really dynamic defense and you're one and three. Like yeah. defense doesn't win games in the modern NFL. You're right, but I think a lot of teams this year are finding out that how your offensive line goes, your offense goes. And the Patriots' offensive line hasn't started the same five players yet, right? Yeah, They've had a different lineup every week because of injuries. But also you're drafting players like Cole Strange out of fucking East Bumfuck University. Yeah, and he was good when he's not hurt. But he's got hurt in preseason. I know this hurts your heart, but I'm I'm on Team Greg of I think Belichick is trying to outsmart. He's trying to zig too much when the rest of the league is zagging and finding the the cold strangers. And it's just like, it's not that complicated. And we can take that yam roll out of him and say, hey, Belichick, here are the groceries. Fucking make us a goddamn delicious meal. I feel like he could do that. I, I feel like he's a little... So I think about what I just said, though. Like, right now, like, half the teams in the league are finding out that if your offensive line isn't solid, your team's going to be, your offense is going to be garbage. Look at the Bengals this year. Look at how that offense is running. And, you know, they, they kind of masked it a bit the year they went Super Bowl, but it's completely falling apart. And are they one and three as well? Is that right? They are. I don't know if it's on my head. Yeah, I think they are. Um, yeah. And they have all the weapons in the world, right? They have a superstar quarterback, like top receivers, and they're in the exact same position. Yeah, but if you were to put money on which team has a better record at the end of the year, I'm taking Cincinnati. Does uh, injuries account for that, though? Just right now, if you said, hey, Greg, you have $100, you're going to Vegas, and you got to put it on one team or the other. You're going to Wheeling, Greg. You're going to Wheeling, West Virginia. You can put a bet on this. Good. I'd put it on the Patriots. I, just because of Belichick's. Oh, and you'll also be in Wheeling, West Virginia to put a bet on That's this. true. So, yeah. Well, there you go. I there mean, what you need in the modern NFL is is an offense to win games, right? Um, what's the modern... Give me an idea heard, of the modern league. Like how, a, how far back does that go? I haven't heard a word from the Tim Turner here. I'm interested to hear his take on this. I don't have a take. I'm the judge. He's supposed to be the impartial judge, but he's on Team Greg. So I'm, I'm here by myself. Back me up. Just the way I like it. I, I, 
just my take on it is really just it, everything that you say, Andy, just comes back to Belichick. Belichick's the one that puts the team together, regardless right. of. And I, I think Steve has a point where he's he does try to you know throw a dart in some place that no one else is looking instead of taking obvious talent because I think that he's such an egomaniac that he doesn't want to to take on a personality that he can't handle. He wants someone to come kiss his feet and say, yeah. Bill, please save my career. And and I will take no money. I'll put my body on the line. And, you know, and he's just not getting that anymore because he's got a bunch of Gen Zers and kids and he's a 70 year old man. I just think that's, that's really. Oh, come on. I love it, Tim. Okay, boomer. <laughs> You know I, what I mean? That's basically I what that boils down to. Wait, wait, wait. I, I, is, is I think he has a tough time connecting to players. Is Belichick the silent generation or is he a boomer? He's a I boomer. I don't even know what the silent yeah, generation boomer, is. Sure. He's a boomer. Pretty boomer. He, he's yeah. got to be close. I mean, he's it's pretty uh, – it's a good point though, right? I mean, there is the, the shift in coaching strategy to like being the buddy I pal, right? The Sean McVay. I think that is stupid. I don't know. You don't think he has a tough time connecting to players? No, I don't think so. Never I feel that. like you would have heard that from, from former players. Like coaches, players. I think it's more he's struggling to adapt to the like the GM Belichick is struggling to adapt to the modern right. NFL. Right. No, no, no. But, but, I, but I think that's a good point, too. I, no, I think that's a good point. I just think more like um, he he's that's where it's uh, – it gets kind of screwed up because he wants them to come and kiss his feet and take the, like the less amount of money. Now, whether that comes from, you know, ownership or if that's coming just from Bill, like, I don't know this, I don't might know be able to connect with them on a personal level, but he's not going to pay you regardless, no matter what you do, he's not going to reward you with the money. All right, Asante, calm down. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's true. I think the, the, you have a point, but it's more, He's always looking like because he's coming at it from a GM perspective of what's going to keep us competitive for the next five years plus, mm-hmm. right? You can always ball out and blow your salary cap and kick the can and have a huge team out of the Rams or mm-hmm. the Bucks or everybody and have like a dope ass team with the crack cap is crap and do whatever the fuck you want this year, but you can't sustain that in and out. But to Greg's point earlier of that process only works when you're competitive every fucking year and you're going to the goddamn playoffs, right? And there's a little bit of he's definitely resistant to that. And a new GM might not be. And like, hey, Belichick here is like, I went to Whole Foods and I got you the best groceries. Like, stop going to goddamn stop and shop and fucking Aldi and trying to find the shitty ass things and find the value is and and shop it in the produce that's expired and like here's the best stuff it's only just glad a, you didn't a, shit a on market basket. Two, like make your goddamn work and then we'll suck for a bit and then you know he won't do that because he's the gm and the coach is but, that the point that i was trying to make though steve because that's not what i'm saying at all i'm yeah, just saying you're saying they don't want to I'm, I'm, yeah like, i'm just saying I'm, I'm saying more like he doesn't he the way that he brings in his team like i think he wants people like 
I just think it's hard for him to have people that have no ego and he doesn't want that. He just wants. Yeah, yes, he's man. the military style. Like I'm in charge. You listen to me. I mean, it probably comes from his background, right? His dad was military, all that stuff, which I don't think I think you're on somewhere like the younger generation doesn't respond well to that. I mean, you think you see Sean McVay, you see it in college all over the place, right? Deion Sanders, like that's a good example of like the tr- it's trending towards like I'm your buddy. Even though I'm the coach, I'm not in charge of you. I, I disagree. And whether you think that that translates to success on the field is like one thing or another, but I right. think it's hard to argue that players are excited about like, yeah, me and Bill, you know? Really? I mean, I, I feel like he's at the other side of that conundrum of knowing everything about the game of football. Yeah, yeah but I, I think there have been it, a lot of players, especially on defense. More about football than people have ever learned, you know. And yeah. But if you're a prick is, about I mean, it, he's no, a consensus but he's not a prick about it. I can have a really smart boss that's also it's a like prick if, if and I don't Phil like Knight him. walked into your into your company and was like, "Hey, you know, I'm I used to, I ran Nike. Like, you guys want to? I mean, I'm normal, but you guys want some of me? Like, I think you'd be about it. I mean, that's literally what. Um, like a bunch of players, especially on defense, I've said like they they came here. Like Jalen Mills came specifically signed with Patriots specifically to be coached by Bill Belichick. Yeah, but they're also guys that are willing to sacrifice their ego, and it's not. And you know who has the biggest ego? The most talented players. So you can get your like your your scrap heap guys that are willing to be the fucking good lunch pail guy, but those aren't guys that are winning in the modern NFL. You're way off if you think we can't attract talent because Belichick is the block here. Right. Yeah, I agree. You're way I off. I can't believe I'd see a time also, where Steve and Andy on the same side of something. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Steve and I agree more than Greg and I do, I think. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just feel like Steve likes to be a natural contrarian and to, sometimes probably no. more mob. But <laughs> Greg is a contrarian. Greg and Andy on the edges, I'm in the middle. Let's That's be true. Real. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I guess it's natural progression, no, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, no, that's how it is. Middle brother, it's how it works. Yeah, yeah I think so. That's my lot in life. I Well, I see you meet, leaning more Andy right now. I, I I think the whole, like, Belichick doesn't pay people is overblown, too. He 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 will pay people. Um, I mean, he... Before? Yeah, I mean, he paid Gronk, like, <laughs> extraordinary money. He, he's... he's yeah, but he, uh, I mean, for because like every, there's always somebody who's like the top paid player at their position in the league. Yeah, the Hunter. Remember when Hightower went and the market came back? Yeah, <laughs> but like, this is my point of like. But yeah, and that, that's the other thing too, Steve. That's a great point. Is like the Patriots will like Belichick will say, "Listen, this is what we think you're worth. Um, feel free to go out and get a better offer if you find one. Great. If not." Uh, come back and this is what you'll get. And Edelman came back. Well, I, Steve Brown's at high time came Sean back. McVay, when you're Sean McVay or Pete Carroll and the buddy coach, you can't do that. That is removed from your entire repertoire of. Hey, you're not the GM. I know you're really good at your job, but the market is this, and I don't give a fuck about. And then what's your value of the market? And like, this is my point of BB trying to. Hey, he has a foot in both camps. And let's be real, he's really fucking good at it, or was really good at it, however you want to look at it, mm-hmm. to the point where we won a fucking ton of Super Bowl championships because he was really good at it. Yep. But this setup is unique. Give me 
come on, think about it. Any other top four league franchise where the coach is also the GM for any year more than – Does it happen in English soccer, Greg? Anything in the history of any franchise ever. Really? There's nothing. He is, like, the only one who's ever done that, and, like, it has worked. Mm -hmm. But Robert Kraft, in my opinion, needs to come to BB and say, hey, buddy, great, loved it. I'm obviously not going to fire you because it worked so well. But, like, you know, which would you rather do? Would you rather be the GM or would you rather be the coach? Because you can't do both. And I think that is our path forward of BB gives up one of these two. He's doing two full-time jobs. But I think he's as good a coach as he is because he gets to pick the players. He has built this. Sure, but like he can also be a really fucking good coach with giving the groceries. I mean, that's probably too. But Steve's got a point that like like, every other coach. Yeah, the coach can can pick his own GM. Like, like it's not we're gonna say like we're gonna force a GM on you, Belichick. Like, if you want a culture and a fit and a system, and like, yeah, of course, go find John Robinson. Go find. But does that make him a better coach though? If he picks the guy and says, "Here's what I want. I want the bargain heap guys that are gonna." Come in and not say anything yet. Yeah, yeah. It, we're gonna end gonna, up with the same type of players. Is it gonna change anything? If they have his, somebody else's like, name on the draft pick, yeah. Yeah, you need someone that's gonna be like, No, Bill, I'm getting you this guy, or I'm drafting this guy instead, even though you want this guy. Uh, but what if that that's doesn't a, work? That's an RKK conversation. And it's an that ego thing, from, right? What if the offense doesn't work when they do that? I don't know if Beltech has an right. ego like that. Well, at least you tried, it ain't working now. I mean you go, hey, Bill, on defense, you can draft any fucking D3 player you want <laughs> from Lenore right, Ryan. Right, let's, let's but you're not drafting uh, Cole Strange. We're, yeah. Yeah. What what calendar year is it when the Patriots get a non-Belichick GM? Is it 2020? I mean, it depends if you think oh. he's going to give up that role. I don't uh, think he wants to give it up. He never would. So, yeah, why would he give it up? What year? It's all or nothing. And at some point, we're going to have a non-Belichick as the GM, right? Probably the same year we have a non-Belichick coach, I would imagine. Yep. Yeah. So he's not going to step down from that role. No. I think he will. I makes $25 million a year. He's not going to do that. I don't think it's that. I think he's going for the win record. Shula's yeah. been a dick to him. No, he absolutely it's is. Personal. He, he, yeah, it is a personal thing. And but if I was no. Belichick and I was like focused on that, then... The more time I could spend on coaching, the less time I could spend on all the other bullshit. That's not how he sees it. Management, salary cap management, telling players are cut and like that shit. Like, let me coach. It's like half his. He could half his workload and coach forever. I don't think he wants to do that. that. Honestly, I think he wants to get the the thing with Shula, and then I think eventually he wants to build enough to hand it off to Steve Belichick. Or Brian, whatever. Dude, yeah, I, that's another point. If we're still in the courtroom, fucking Steve <laughs> Belichick, dude, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? No, you're right. That defense is terrible under his leadership. Dude, right? I don't care. That guy should not be coaching a defensive unit in the NFL. That's ridiculous. Why? Why? Greg, you bought me a Steve Even Belichick you- shirt. Just get out really of here. For the fuck get out of here, Greg. You bought me a Steve Belichick <laughs> shirt that one where he's doing the, ah, ah, the tongue thing. Yeah, he's I have funny. a shirt in my closet. He's funny. Put it on okay. I'm not saying it's not funny. I'm just saying that you can't be like, you can't hold yourself seriously and be like, 
I am gonna have my fucking son do it. <laughs> like that's that's ridiculous. I don't know about Kyle Shanahan. Okay, how did he get his start in the league? Exactly, but they let him go do it on his own, right? Instead of being like just Is that from how he started. Optics, you have to let doing him it go on his own and do it on their own. Kyle Shanahan was started doing it on his own. Yeah, that's a good point. No, I don't know. Where do you start? I don't he know, started under me. his father. Look it up. <laughs> he started he under his father. He was, was he the def- was he an offensive coordinator under his father? The nepotism is the least of my concerns. Uh, he actually might have been. Hold on, hold on. What is uh, Steve? He was an offensive coordinator nepotism. for the Redskins when uh, Mike Shanahan was. Uh, yeah. Head coach. All right. So is Steve Belichick going to be a good head coach in this league? Dude, I want Mike. Is he going to hey, be a head coach? Okay. Period. Even aside from that, I don't think it's a good look. Regardless, I don't think it's a good look for Shanahan's either. The nepotism, right, is is horrific, and we're all, and we're even having these conversations about like why can't these black guys get uh, jobs in the league? And then they're like, oh yeah, but you know, I'm with you, brother. And then it's like, yeah, my son just got the gig, dude. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like that son doesn't get the job if Bill Belichick's not the head coach, right? That's different. I mean. He's growing up around football. He's Gerard Mayo's over here being like, "What the fuck do I gotta do, dude?" <laughs> this fucking like thirty-five-year-old guy just walking in like, "Yo." And and who is there? Who is the uh, the defense coordinator before that? Andy, do you agree with Steve Belichick getting the gig? Yeah, you do. Why? Because he's fucking good at it. it Look at this defense what? going into that. Based on what? Based on the results of this defense and how well no, go before he had the wasn't gig, he the right? secondary wasn't he the secondary coach when we played uh when we were yeah. in the Super Bowl against Philly? Yeah, how, many, uh, how many points did that secondary the, give up? The Rams defense too. I mean, he was. He, the, I'm just saying we don't, need, we don't know how to, good he is. To counter Greg's point, what about Brian Belichick? He's not as good, so he's not shit. I know, but even if he is good, the optics are bad. Oh sure. I mean, put him on a different team. Let him figure it out. You missed my head coach pick, Greg. Who who would you rather have as head coach than Belichick if Belichick retired in two years? Oh, I mean, there's like if people that are available. Uh-huh. I don't think we should fire him. So I don't think there's anybody available that's as good as him. But if, oh if, wow! Can you say it again? Uh, the, the defense. But if rest. you asked if there's anybody <laughs> I would trade. <laughs> Fucking prosecutor. <laughs> God damn it. Should I I could pick six. You can't say he's a people. fraud and also say that he, he, he there's yeah. no yeah. else why you just he just shites. <laughs> but so you're agreeing with me that he should keep coaching and give up. Yeah, yeah, no, I think he should be the head coach, yes. Okay. <laughs> but he's a fraud. Who is your ideal replacement? Ideal Shanahan. I think Kyle Shanahan's the best coach in the NFL. He's not going anywhere. Come on, like a really is better than Kyle Shanahan. The Patriots job opens up, and it's a very desirable job because they're a historically awesome franchise with a great mm-hmm. owner and a rabid fan base, as obvious by this goddamn podcast where we're rewatching games from two thousand and four or five, whatever year it is. Who who's who's going for it? I mean, there's not that many good coaches out there just yeah, no like shit. sitting around waiting. My number one. Mike Grable. Yeah, he probably consider I it. For, yeah, I think, I think he definitely goes for it. Loves the pass and has done pretty fucking good with not much in Tennessee. Yeah, you know that that offense he's put together is way better than what the Patriots have right now, right? 
It's just way better than what it should be. I mean, I think they've yeah. scored over 20 points, so. Have they? I think so. Seven last week against the Bengals. Well, you know what? It's really come true. My uh, my hot take that Ryan Tannehill <laughs> fucking sucks. Yeah, but you also said that about Josh Allen, and that's just getting <laughs> darker and darker. But hey, one for two is pretty good Give for hot time. takes. All right? so that's fair. That's, that is fair. Yeah, fifty <laughs> percent. Steve Steve waited out uh, Tannehill. He'll he'll wait out Josh Allen until he falls off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy does turn the ball over. A lot, so. Yeah. so just wait, just wait till his uh, his legs give out on him, and he can't outrun yeah. the defense. Yeah. Dude, Dude, throw a fucking mile. He can't keep taking those body shots. Speaking of nepotism, you know what I fucking hate is these big college basketball coaches that have their son as like the tenth guy on the bench. <laughs> I think oh, you're talking yeah. about this. <laughs> and it's like this fucking. It's like garbage time and they bring out this darky white guy that's out there like just strictly <laughs> shooting threes he's not like threes yeah okay, yeah okay. and it's like oh my god dude this kid never would get into this program if his dad wasn't the head coach do you know my favorite part of greg's nepotism thing is uh you wouldn't be on this podcast if it weren't for you or my brother good I'd have a lot more free time and you know, I'd be fucking happy as a fucking because this takes up so much time Greg yeah <laughs> right yeah, uh, Greg does all the work on this podcast for sure. That's right. <laughs> don't tempt me, Andy. <laughs> Poor Greg. In the killer, but don't push him. But I want to go back to Greg talking about how, um, in this, you know, the 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 modern NFL has passed Belichick by because he focuses on the run game and the defense. Um, and the reason I was asking, like, how far back does the modern offense go is because in 2018, they won a Super Bowl by holding the, I think, the seventh highest scoring offense in NFL history to three points when their offense put up 13. And they did it on the ground. Yeah, but that's that's kind of an aberration of what that team was. It wasn't, though, think- because that team was, it started off as a, as kind of a quote-unquote modern offense throwing the ball around the yard, but then all their wide receivers got hurt. And then like right at the end of the season, they convert into a power run game against the bills and the jets. And then Sony Michelle just like scored the most, uh, playoff touchdowns of any rookie running back in the history of the NFL on their way to winning a super bowl. But again, that, that so has to do with the line in, in the, you're saying the modern NFL, uh, the modern NFL offense is, Based off an offensive line, they had a good offensive line. That's mm-hmm. what that. Right. So, so Belichick should already know that. And why hasn't he? Why would he take a shot at Cole Strange versus, you know, what? I don't know who. I I can't. I don't know from that specific draft. But you so know. you're saying, the offensive line is important in the modern Very NFL. Very important. But you're ragging on Belichick for drafting an offensive lineman in the first round. Because, no, because because he, he picked the wrong offensive lineman. If you look around the league, if you look around the league, uh, that draft in the war room for the Rams, when they made that pick, they out loud laughed because they were expecting him to be a fourth round pick. Like, why are you taking a shot on someone that's because uh, it came out after the draft? A bunch of people had him in the second round uh, that would have picked before the Patriots, and uh, there was actually a run on guards, so he was the next best. Andy, I got some bad news, dude. What's that, bud? The 2018, we had the f- fifth-ranked offense and the 21st-ranked defense. 
In what regard? Yards. Yards doesn't matter, Greg. Yards doesn't matter. Give me points. Like what was it in points? All right, fourth and seven. Fourth and seventh? So, so the offense. Oh. Oh, for oh, the so offense. A fourth ranked offense, Andy. That's the point. <laughs> but Greg, Greg is also missing the You can't point win though. without a good Greg, offense. You remember that? You remember that Rams Chief, Chiefs game that year? Yeah, exactly. Where they were just it was it's incredible. That was one of the most it might have been one of the best NFL games of all time, regular season, right? Where they're just, it was electric. Was it 54 to 50 or something ridiculous? Yeah, something, sure. something yeah the Patriots held that offense to three points. Right. Yeah, but right? you have and to but match that up that against was, defense. That, that was Belichick. That was clock control. That was the punter who probably should have been the fucking end. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but but the AFC Championship well, game against the Chiefs, right? I am, that I am was also Tom Brady. Greg of like, that was... How, what year was that? It was 2019. I was fucking, fucking three or four years ago. It was a while ago where it's only gotten more that way. It's only gotten more into the 54, 52 side of things. And Belichick has leaned into the success of that 19 Super Bowl of clock control, solid defense. And I'm on the team of, I don't know if you can win that way anymore. And to get to that Super Bowl, they they beat the Chargers 41 to 28, and then they beat the Chiefs 37 31. Like those games don't happen without Brady. You don't get to that Super Bowl without Brady. The reason they won the Super Bowl is because Brady, maybe not specifically that game, but the reason you had a a good team and you got to the Super Bowl is because of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Yeah, I think you could say Belichick won the Super Bowl. That specific game with his game planning yeah. and his defense, but again, you can't get the, you, like the Patriots do that every now and then, where they have a really good game against a good team, and you're like, "Oh, this looks like we could compete," but over the length of a season, it's just not sustainable yeah. to play. Like Greg's got the point of like that specific formula worked in that game, and the as hard as this to talk about, the other side of the coin is that shit worked on us in 2007, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it can work, but like the full game, the full season, the get there, to to even be in that game in itself, you need to be able to fucking. Yeah, it's like Belichick's a master game planner, but you can't game plan every game. You know, mm-hmm. just from time restriction, you, know, you can't sit there easy. and like yeah, recoach everything. You know, like yeah. I, mean, I I think it just goes back to Belichick is a defensive minded head coach. Like that's his skill set. And so he goes out. I mean, I think historically he's gone out and found an offensive coordinator who I, I it feels like has free reign of the offense, right? I mean, we see it change from free when um, the offense with the players that Belichick has picked. That is, I think, the core of the issue, which has worked. I mean, Belichick has picked some awesome players and he's gotten lucky over the years with the Brady pick, the Gronk pick even, right? Like he's got, he's had Man, some hits, some misses, whatever, 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 but I would love to see a GM and a different offensive system and then let Belichick be the coach and own the defense. And I think we, I mean, I have to imagine that the offensive coordinator 
and probably at the time Brady had some say in who they were bringing in for the offense. Like you know Belichick's it's not just putting his foot down, and being like, "No, we're we're drafting fucking this offensive lineman from somewhere." They they, like, they, they sit the down draft, as a though. as a what? You just interesting about the draft is how good it was, and then there's it like just started being bad all of a sudden, like yeah. especially like the front end. Like I have the the picks in front of me, like from '04. I guess even go oh one. It's, it's like Richard Seymour, Vince Wilfork, Logan Mankins, Brandon Merriweather, Gerard Mayo, Devin McCourty, Chandler Jones, Dante Hightower. He wasn't the GM at some 20... of those times. What do uh, all those have in common too, though? I don't think he was GM until like a couple of years after he started. Because wasn't Scott Pioli the 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 no, GM? No, uh, is GM from the get, wasn't he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. He was then coach and GM. Yeah, that was a reason he took the job. I thought. Yeah. But yeah, I think Pioli was part of the. He's had some big time. Uh, Pioli, uh, Dimitrov, who went yeah. to the Falcons. The Falcons, yeah. Who we beat in the Super Bowl. Um, John Robinson at the Titans. There's right. been some big time. Uh, Nick Casero, big yep. time personnel guys who were never GM. That's why they left because uh, they weren't GM. They wanted to go to the GM role. Mm-hmm. So who left in 2012? Who's it now? You tell me. That's a good question. Because there's a pretty steep drop off after that. Because then it goes Dominic Easley, Malcolm Brown, Isaiah Wynn, Sony Michelle, Nikhil Harry, Mac Jones, Cole Strange, Christian Gonzalez. But I think from like <laughs> Isaiah Wynn. Robinson. I think Nikhil Harry and Sony Michelle, I think that was the Patriots trying to give Brady some weapons on offense at the top of the draft to kind of maximize that last window. Because if you look before that, like you were talking about those those early 01 through 04 drafts or all the way through, what do all those picks have in common? They're either offensive linemen or they're defensive players because that's what Belichick knows best. That's how he builds his team, right? A good offensive line and a good defense. And then, you know, you can say, let Brady figure out the rest on offense um, because... One, the offense was built that way, and Brady thrived in it. Um, and, and that has worked for 20 years. But then, yeah, I think there was this kind of, it felt like a shift in philosophy where they started drafting weapons. And, you know, everybody on Twitter is like, oh, finally, Belichick started drafting weapons in the first round, and it didn't fucking work. Well, it did. They won one more Super Bowl, but it kind of like, now look at it. They, their offensive line's a bit in shambles. And kind of was in 2019, which I, I think is part of why Brady left. Because you start in Marshall Newhouse on your back roll, and you could tell Brady was frustrated because he just couldn't trust that his protection would hold up to be able to do what he normally does. But that goes back Andy. to Belichick, right? If he's the GM. Yeah, Andy, would you would you want Belichick the GM going forward? Yeah. You want him? You want him buying the groceries? Mm-hmm. What about the, the judge? I'm interested to see what the judge says on this. <laughs> I disagree. I don't think that he should be buying the groceries anymore. All right, like- here we go. Three. I got. I, we got three on four. Uh, I. I am also. I'm open to a. Yeah. Yeah. One Patriots place. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we have to, right? I want. I want. <laughs> I want BB. Because it's my point is. Big picture, long term, like 
you can't have one dude doing both. And the last thing you're going to take away from him is coaching. You definitely don't want him to stop coaching and be a full-time GM. You're not going to fire you him. can have someone. So how is your transition going to go? It's got to be like, okay, BB, like we're going to have a GM come in here. You can pick him. I don't give a shit. Like find the guy you want. Get one of your homies back. I don't care. But like we need to split this role. So, right, I, I got a question. I got a t- theoretical to your point, question. I just, I just want to say in 2019, uh, they started Isaiah Wynn at left tackle uh, as a rookie. And I think he started off okay, but then he went down. They had to get Marshall Newhouse. They were starting Ted Karras at center because um, David Andrews didn't you have like a, something with his blood or something ridiculous? Remember that? We talking right. about injuries again, Andy. Uh, yeah, everybody gets injured. But he—that's that's Andy's main point. And as but yeah, like uh, like how do you GM around that? Like okay, everybody gets injured. So what do you do? That's part of the you build guy. the next man up. That, how, how long has that worked? Stop making but eventually it works for Andy Reid. He figures it out. He doesn't win as many Super Bowls. Not <laughs> yet. Will. Yeah, not yeah, yet. We'll see. That <laughs> too. All right. Question. Theoretical question. Because hmm. Tim brought up something earlier that I want. I would want to see what you guys think. Does Belichick have a big ego? I don't think anybody knows. I mean, I think what audience is the real question? Because just in general, like in and fine in NFL circles, like we'll throw the the media media out because obviously, if we brought Belichick on this podcast, he would have an absolute massive ego and tell us to go fuck ourselves, and he's above us. But he'd be right. Internally, with players, I don't think I think you guys are way off on the. He all can't right. relate to younger players. Okay, no, no, no. So, all right, so Steve, hold, all right. So you were talking about, uh, Andy was talking about how um, he'll have a player go test the market and then come back to them. So mm-hmm. I think it was, uh, uh, I don't know when it was, but when Lawrence Guy uh, went to go test free agency, he had mm-hmm. a number for Belichick. Belichick gave him a number, told him to go test free agency. He didn't. He went out to the market, didn't get what he wanted, came back, and then... Belichick said, "Yeah, that offer is no longer on the table. Go fuck yourself. You can you can take less, or you can you know do whatever you want." You think that has an ego, or do, if a guy relates to the to his team, does does he you know at least give him the offer that he presented at first? Or someone fumbles and they get benched for the year? You're reinforcing my point of how the difficulty that Belichick faces serving both roles of. On one hand, he just, has no, to just on that one example, Steve. You that one example. We're talking I just, about ego, Steve. Does he have any yeah, ego? We're talking about ego. Stick on that one thing. Do you not think that's a little bit egotistical for you? Say that I'm I'm your boss, and you're like, hey, you know, I don't think I'm getting paid enough. Um, my contract's up, uh, but you know, I want to get paid a little bit more. And I say, all right, Steve, go ahead, go check it out. And then you're like, yeah, I didn't find anything. Like, and I go, yeah, well, now I'm paying you fifty dollars less. You're gonna make less money now. How the fuck are you gonna feel? You think I have an ego or no? Well, first of all, if you're my boss, I'm quitting anyways. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be real shit right there. I'm fucking. I don't even. I, I, to I, I don't want to sleep on the You have to call me daddy. I don't want to sleep on the goddamn streets. But <laughs> second of all, this is you're 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 reinforcing the issue of having Belichick. Stop saying that, Steve. Yeah, you're, you've already you're said dancing that. around. You're dancing around. You're is that am I not egotistical in some way if that 
hypothetical scenario I just presented is presented to you. No, what, that's what just business. It's not ego. It's no, like, that's, that's just money. That's business, man. He's like managing salary cap. That's what I actually did that. That's a perfect. Frame. And then the other is like managing players. Yeah. Because you can be a business and still over there with, with their livelihoods at stake and their families and this money that they're making and they're putting their lives on the line, on, literally putting their lives on the line to play this game for money. And it's when you're a coach, it's like, and the GM is making those decisions because they got fuck, man. John Robinson's a real piece of shit. I'm Pete Carroll. Like, you know, John Robinson's giving you 50 cents on the dollar. Yeah, but, but that's not what we're talking about, Steve. You can yeah. still yeah. be like, yeah. hey, I respect you. Input. Go get money. I respect you. This offer stands if you come back. And then if you're not a prick, when he comes back, you go, here's the deal. All right, good. He, but like, sign it. Instead Pete of being Carroll, like, no, Pete fuck Carroll you. Pete Carroll can't say that. Bring it up, Pete Carroll. <laughs> like, it's just like, that. Pete Carroll's coach. Coach, hey, coach, I want more money. Pete Carroll's like, all right, cool. As a GM, it's a totally different fucking thing. But like, this is where I think we're struggling because the, the worlds are blended. I'm not struggling. No I'm struggling to answer the question, Steve. I'll Do not think question. it's a prick move for someone to say you this this offer is here, and then you go do what I said is fine for you to do. You come back, and I say you're not getting that same deal. It's not like that anymore. That's like the fucking mafia, dude. Watch any episode of The Sopranos; it's <laughs> the same fucking thing. I I think he's kind this of a prick. I mean, it's kind of dickish. It's dickish to be like. Yeah. This offers on the table. You come back and you have you didn't find anything better. So I'm like, all right, yeah. Well, the deal's changed now. Well, that's I mean, at the end of the day, it's, that's business, right? That's, no, I don't exactly. want to. It's true though. I'm talking on a human the, level, like, that's fucked up. The problem bro. of Bill Check has to say that, and Stop then Coach Lawrence guy can say it, Steve. <laughs> so I I think it's one thing to say John Robinson. Wow, what a piece of shit. You know, I'm a big girl, and like we really fucked you over. But don't worry, I'll, I'll get you, you know, we'll, we'll coach you up and you'll make some money in your next contract. You can't say that if you're Bill Belichick when I just fucked you on the salary cap because all I don't care about is longevity of the team over five years and not this year. And now I have to coach you. All right, Andy, what do you There's got? There's value in having those two roles separate. Steve, you already made that point. We know. <laughs> um, Crack another chorus, buddy. I think that there's been plenty of examples of Belichick altering deals in players' favor. Like they literally just did it with uh, Trent Brown, where they uh, he was going to miss some of his um, playing time to be earned. Yeah, uh, bonuses. So they they restructured it so that he would uh, be more likely to hit them. And they do that a lot with you know if you miss it by a little bit at the end, they pay they pay you those bonuses anyway. Um. But again, to I, I think there is a bit of, you know, business is business. And there's been a lot of talk about how Belichick as a GM is kind of a hard ass in negotiations. Um, even players who love him, like I love being coached by Belichick, but trying to get a new contract out of him was a pain in the tits because it is, it's all about the team. And so like at that part of it, it I think he separates the business from the player, which is really hard to do when you're also the coach to Steve's point. But that is the business side of things. Like Belichick puts uh, a number on what he thinks you're worth. 
And then, you know, if you want to go out and test that, that's great. But that number may change when you get back. I don't know that. So, but is, is there an ego piece? I don't think it's not to that. No, to any not, of it. No, I mean, I think everybody's got an ego at some. I mean, he's the winningest, the second winningest coach in the history of the NFL. There's got to be some sort of ego about that, right? Right. You, you can't not have an ego to. about it. Right. But if, you're, if, if your thing is uh, everything is about the team, that ego mm -hmm. needs to be checked at the door because that's exactly what you expect of your players. And I feel like that's what should be. That's what he does do, though. I don't think I don't think that's true, though. I Why? Just, I, because just the way that he's running it, the way that watch the way that he interacts with the, the media and all that kind of stuff. I just feel like that the media doesn't yeah. well, do works. anything for the, the, it works when you're winning, right? He doesn't, but he doesn't show any accountability. And they, yeah. they're also, uh, look at the whole thing whoa. with the Malcolm. I think. What, what do you mean? Whoa. He doesn't show accountability. Whenever the team wins, he, he puts all the praise on the players. And whenever they lose, he says, it's my fault. Uh, we didn't coach him up correctly. Yeah, he doesn't. He just goes, you know, we need to play better and coach better. And we need to do that. Yeah, but like, even, even his deadpan on the media is taking all the heat off the players. Like the yeah. player, if you go to New England, you don't have to talk to the media. That's part of the culture. Yeah, yeah. but what if you want to? Then you can. Kendrick Bourne does you? Yeah. You build your brand, your own personal yeah, Kendrick brand. Kendrick Bourne does it constantly. For the team. No, I'm a, I'm on team yeah, and look what happened to him last year. <laughs> Dude, you couldn't see the field. There's our best player. There's a little bit of Gronk. Gronk is going to be tested at the most. That's yeah, really, yeah. That's I don't know. I see, to me, it's, it's Ben Brady. There's a high degree of control in, in the Patriots organization, right? They want to control a lot of things, and it's my way or the highway. And that works when you're winning because no one can say Perfect. shit. Because you're winning and the culture works and the team is above everything because the team is winning. But once you start losing, that shit falls apart real quick. Because the players yeah, only respect it if it wins. Franchises, right? That's every franchise. And I don't know. I, I'm more about... Exactly. What held it together was Tom Brady is what I'm no, saying. No, I'm way more about keeping that fucking Kept standard I'm way more about keeping that standard of excellence than let people just fucking go buck and say whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, I know, but they but if you're not winning, it's gonna fall apart. Right? I mean, That's why like shit, Patricia tries to do apart. that shit in Detroit, and it's like everyone's like, This is embarrassing. All of our coaches, right? They go otherwhere and they try and institute this culture. I'm in charge, my way or the highway. We're fucking running wind sprints, and it doesn't work because you don't have the legacy of the wins to fall yeah. back on to to demand the respect. And to demand people to conform. But we do. We do. But right. everybody. But it's slipping because now we're starting to lose. And it's like, this could get worse okay. before it gets better. Yeah, but well, none of the players like, are, are the ones yeah. complaining about this, though. Like, I know, it's but you just don't have the media. To be public about it, Andy. Give it up. The media what, says what, shit what, that the players think. That's definitely. But they know it's in their Boston. best. They're not going to come out and say it because they, they're still part of the team, right? There's no benefit to them to come out and complaining. So in 2003, when Tom Jackson frustrated? came out and said uh, the the players hate their coach, he was talking for the team. Dude, maybe there is a piece of that at that there time. There were right? players that were that problem is winning. There were people that were definitely questioning Belichick at that time. That is definitely confirmed. Andy. Players, yes. Who? I think um, Ted Johnson has spoken out a lot. <laughs> So don't chuckle at who it is. He's a player, yes or no? He's he's a, yeah, he's a player. 
there are a lot of players to grind for how long it doesn't that that's not the point the point is were there players in that locker room questioning what belichick was doing yeah and just the sniff test is there probably was because it was a questionable move yeah i mean it worked out for him he rolled the dice and it worked out for him but still there there was some validity to the fact that um tom jackson what he said that they some players hate him i mean you you didn't say some players hate him what did he say did he just said the players hate their coach did he just make it up i mean i mean you just said that you just said that uh, ted johnson has an axe to grind so does he hate belichick I, I absolutely yeah he does but not for not sure. for that. in 2003 some of their players were super unhappy or 2002 whatever it was when yeah. that happened. your best friend lawyer malloy that's been to battle with you and won all the games and like, made that play he he made that trade he put his balls on the table and it worked out and it worked and out because they won it's always out because you win but and you know why they won? I pause it to you. What's your what's your alternative here? What would you rather us do? Have like know. a fucking everybody can do whatever the fuck they want, sort of thing. Bullshit. I, Come on. I I, it works for McVeigh. I want to keep that. No, I want to keep that standard of excellence. No, fuck that. The I want to hire Deion Sanders. I want to draft Deion son. Number one overall, and be like, "Yo, Dion, I'm firing, firing Bill. You're you wanna, in. You want to tank? You want to trade away all our players and tank the shit out of the season? And just what players sense. do we have? Yeah, you want players do we have? Steve, what players? The only do we two have? I want to keep are on IR. <laughs> Greg, I got, the, I got the perfect, I got the perfect GM for you. His name is Jim Ursa. He's he's a cold guy. He's a lot uh-huh. of experience. You get him in here. He can fucking do a bunch of goddamn pills. Take go. the shit out of the franchise, and hopefully we have a shot. Have the guitar too. Nice job, Steve. Nice job. That was, I just like like that's what struggles for me is like the the burn it down guys. Is like mm-hmm. what you mentioned earlier, Greg, of like. We can't get it better than Belichick, but we fired him. Correct. What the fuck are you gonna do? We gotta, we gotta. We're gonna be bad. Thing. We're gonna be bad. Is what okay, I'm saying. Exactly. And we have to we're accept bad. that we're gonna be bad. And we're Greg, not good right now. We were, in, we were in Tennessee, and we went to that fucking Titans game, and we didn't even get in the goddamn stadium, and they scored a touchdown, and we heard them score a touchdown standing in line to get in the fucking stadium. We get it to our seats, and they score another touchdown. By the time we sit our ass down with a beer, we're down fourteen nothing, and we lost. Like I don't remember. What that was, was bad. Yeah, it was, it was like forty to seven. That was the Tom Brady. They tried to throw the Philly special yeah. to him. Just fucking falls on his ass. And I wanted to leave in the fourth quarter, and you're like, "What are you doing? You got to take your lumps. You got to sit here. That's you right. can't sit here and support the Patriots and not." And give up when it's like, you know, we're, we're getting the shit kicked out of it and sit here and take our lumps. And Yeah, but at the same time, you have to admit when it's when it's not working and it's bad. Like to stick your head in the sand and be like, no, it's Belichick. He'll figure it out. We're going to we're going to next year. You know, it's like you have to call it like you see it. It's it's not working. I don't see optimism for it working. I don't think burning it down is going to make it. Maybe that does fix it quicker, but. I think we owe something to Belichick, some respect that he's he's turned this franchise into one of the best in sports. And he kind of comes and he with that comes, he can do whatever he wants, right? And we mm-hmm. have to be like, okay. But 
that doesn't mean we can't criticize him and say, hey, you're you're lagging behind the rest of the league right now. And there's other coaches that if I could make a trade, I would. I would. You but Bob they're Bell. not going to trade. For, it's not going to happen. So the other alternative is fire him and pick up a schlub off the street, which I don't think is a good idea either. But can it's we, not can good. We, uh, Andy, can you note the time frame on this and snip this? Because this might be the most rational, even-headed take Greg has ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Because I absolutely one hundred percent agree with you, Greg. You're you're totally right. Up like, just because he's been great doesn't mean he's immune from criticism. But he's also earned the respect of that the longest leash of all time. In I know, and we should have gave that respect to Brady it too. Ain't working, and like, what's the path forward? Like, let's let's talk about the path forward here, because whatever it's been doing isn't working. And my perspective is. A new GM. Deion Sanders, baby. Shadur. No, I don't want Belichick, the coach, replaced. I want Lincoln Belichick. Riley. No, no. Don't Why? throw me. Lincoln Riley's a give fucking me, beast. Give me GM. Give me GM names. I don't know GM names. Exactly. I know head coaches, though. Now, Would you? Okay, here's a question. Lincoln Riley right now. No. Why? Because he's not as good as Belichick. Belichick brings- is the best coach. Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. And also, Belichick, the coach, you he's not going anywhere because he's chasing the record. Dude, Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams starting week one next year. You don't have the fucking – how do you need the first pick, bro? By being terrible this year. You're seeing the Bears. Who are, aren't they getting their dicks kicked in right now as we're talking? <laughs> I don't know. Probably. I'm I don't know. Are they playing on Thursday? Either way. The Bears have the number one and the number two pick. There's no way. They do right now, but it's week four, Steve. But Lincoln Riley's the type of guy that would make me go, ooh, because he's an offensive-minded coach that clearly can connect with players, that has has proven success across a few different competitive environments, right? He's, He's won at Oklahoma with Kyler Murray, and he's made four different quarterbacks good. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. so he's showing it's you not just like the quarterback doing it. You want him as the offensive coordinator? You want him as your head coach? I want him as the head coach. How many uh, quarterbacks has Nick Saban made good in college? Yeah, yeah I'll take Nick Saban too, if for that matter. <laughs> if Nick Saban wants to jump to the how many coaches? How many coaches? He's done Urban that before. Made good? How huh? many quarterbacks has Urban Meyer made good? Yeah, I know. I'm not yeah. listen. I'm not People saying that. It's going to translate perfectly, but it's worth a chance, right? No. No. Over an aging Belichick? I, yeah. I, give, me, give me a new GM to transition and infuse the talent with a different type of player that Belichick needs to adapt to. And I know, but he's not going to want to do that. That's never going to happen. You're talking yeah. so unrealistic. Yeah. What? Why would, why would Belichick, Belichick do that? Coach? In the history of the NFL. Of- yes, he is. And he's also, in his mind, also the greatest GM. He's not going to just be like, oh, okay, I'm older. I'm, yeah. Come on. Are you, if like- there's one part of his job you think he doesn't like doing, which part of it do you think it is? I think he likes doing it all. I think he likes yeah. control. Okay, yeah. but like, that's not what I asked. What part would... Oh, oh so now we're going to do a jump around questions. Right. What? No, that's crazy. Job, he doesn't like doing it, but it's calling players and telling them they're cut. That's probably the least. He probably doesn't even do it. I think he's got some 
some hand lotion when he's calling those players. I don't think he does. It. He's like in South Park when they're like twisting their nipples. He's like, oh yeah, you're cut. You're so cut. Oh yeah. You can go find a better deal on the market. And if you come back, this deal will still be here for you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Lawrence. Ooh, yeah. This deal is no longer valid. It's only for new. It's no longer on the table. <laughs> My balls are on the table. It's a new customer only. Uh, do you have a new line I can give you? Dude. Oh, you don't. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> you're oh we're sorry. <laughs> Oh, that's a great visual there. All right. Should we end on that? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, Any I closing think... arguments here? Let's, uh, I love putting down um, predictions that we never follow up on. So <laughs> when do you think Belichick's last game he coaches is? How far behind is he? From Shula? Games, he has 19. 19. 19. 19. Jesus. All right, my answer is 2028 then. 2020, the last game, like week 17 or 19, whatever the NFL expends it to, 2028. Yeah. As he does to do it for the Patriots. I think he the same thing. He does it for yeah. the Patriots. And he gets it in that last week. He gets the record. <laughs> That's win 20. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Andy's right. Uh, Belichick's got two, 299, and Shula has 328. 29. How old is he? 70? 70? Yeah, he's 70. Fuck, yeah. dude. 70? Yeah. Pete Carroll's 72 and he looks 10 years younger than him. I can't yeah. stand Pete Carroll. <laughs> dude, watching him on that game, dancing around after they had their like 12th sack against the Giants, and he's like hopping up and down on the sidelines. I was like, dude, fucking kill me. <laughs> Bring it back. It's so enthusiastic, it's disrespectful. Like, act like you've been there before, dude. Like, the, the, fucking Detroit is dead and buried. Like, their fans are at their lowest point ever. And fucking Pete Carroll's over there, like, yeah, guys, good job. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, and there's that, that, that face from him when they threw that pick in Super Bowl. Mm. I know. Yeah. I was so, I was so like angered at him in that Super Bowl just because of his mm-hmm. personality and how I didn't want them to win. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you remember that, Greg? What being pissed? No, I remember them panning to his face, and I was screaming at that TV. I was like, "Fuck you, Pete Carroll!" Fuck you. <laughs> and then they panned to Richard Sherman. I was like, "Fuck you, Richard Sherman!" <laughs> yeah, great face too. Oh, it's the best. The best. My so cathartic. <laughs> yeah. So we, we should do some closing arguments. Yeah, I, I, I don't know where. I don't know. Where, I don't know where, end of twenty twenty seven season. I think Belichick, coach of the Patriots, it's better than you guys think. I said twenty twenty five, twenty thirty. Twenty thirty. You'll be alive in twenty thirty. I mean, that dude just dies as a head coach, like fine yeah. scene. Yeah, like on the sidelines. No, he, he leaves to run for president. <laughs> He leaves the ball to be the president. (laughs) Taking my talents to DC. Like I vote for his ass. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I I think that might be where we end. Commander in chief, you know. (laughs)
2030 <laughs> Belichick uh, for president. For president, yeah. We'll get the shirts ready. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, I, I hesitate to ask, but Tim, are you going to have a ruling on this? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna rule uh, with uh, with Andy and Steve's side since Steve like went on the fence. That's <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess uh, the only thing left to say then is um, tune in next week to see how much of a blubbering little bitch Greg is on the Patriots dude. Dynasty podcast. Tune in next week for another Patriots ten point performance. <laughs> See you later. Some more screen passes, you know, and some draw plays on third and 16.